0: What up all you beautiful Misfits and Rejects out there. Thank you for joining me for episode 243 of Misfits and Rejects. In today's episode, I spoke with Dina Marie Vinick from dinamarievynick.com. Dina is a coach for creatives, leaders, business vagabonds. She is a digital nomad herself, currently in Bali, who is helping creatives sharpen that entrepreneurial skill set, among other things. This was a really cool episode because Tina goes deep into her own life and life experiences, takes a step-by-step through what she went through and how she came to be to where she's at right now. She had the perfect life. She had worked her whole life to get to this certain stage where she was living in her dream location, Los Angeles. She's originally from Germany with the dream job, the dream car, the dream boyfriend, and came to a place where she realized this wasn't what she wanted. And she had worked her whole life to get to this place. And so throughout our conversation around minute 17 is where she really starts to dive deep into the process that she went through and where she came out on the other side at. She also is generous enough to provide some free links for you who, if you're somebody who is a little lost right now, who needs a little bit of guidance, her links can help you kind of flush out maybe a direction that you can point yourself and lean into that thing that you really want, the thing that you really want to achieve, or maybe kind of discovered that thing that you never knew you really wanted, but it becomes clear through this step-by-step process that she provides for free. So definitely stick around, check out those links at the end of the episode. They're going to be in the show notes. I just want to give a big shout out to all my patrons on Patreon. I appreciate you so very much. You're awesome. And thank you also for listening right now. I do appreciate you as well. Tuning in to Misfits and Rejects, if it's your first time, please hit that subscribe button or whatever you're listening to this on. And if you like Misfits and Rejects and you think somebody else would get something out of Misfits and Rejects, it would be rad if you shared it. That's the best way for me to get this message out there. So please share this with somebody you think might enjoy this episode as well. And with that said, please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with Dina Marie from DinaMarieVinek.com. Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit
1: in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories really try
0: to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today, we are joined by Dina Marie Vinick from dinamarievynick.com. Dina, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Where are you located right now in this beautiful world? <laughs>
1: Currently, I'm located in Ubud, Bali. It's my home. It has been my home for the last month and will be for the next three months or so.
0: That's exciting. Yeah, we talked a little bit a few days back preparing for this episode, and uh, it was really cool to hear your story because I think there's a lot of things that you've gone through in your life that many of my listeners are going through or have gone through or can relate to. Um, So if you wouldn't mind just taking a second and kind of giving us a little bit of your background, like where you grew up, like what you grew up aspiring to become, and kind of where life led you.
1: Absolutely. I grew up aspiring to become a musical theater actress. And fast forward to now I facilitate safe and transformative spaces as a business nurturer and as a professional coach. So nowadays I work with leaders, creatives, entrepreneurs, and fellow business vagabonds to on on leading a purpose-driven life and creating success on their terms without becoming the sacrificial lamp. Now how did I get here? I grew up in Leipzig, Germany, on stage, really. Many, many different characters that I played were my first mentors, my first teachers, uh, the, the characters that really opened me up to a whole new world and to different you know walks of life. And apart from that, offstage, my mom took me traveling. Like every dime that we had to spare, she spent on taking me traveling, which, of course, was just so wonderful. And I'm so grateful for that privilege and for having gained that experience early on. At around 15 years or so, my family put together to send me to this acting camp in Los Angeles And I kind of fell out with acting, especially acting for the camera, but I fell in love with Los Angeles. And between 15 years old and 19 years old, I was able to produce a lot of concerts and shows for the school I went to. And just found my passion for producing events, which I now call transformative spaces, for people to have their voice be heard and to really leave an impact on a large crowd. And that took me to the United States, where I studied music industry or studied music management with a focus on entrepreneurship. And that took me back to Los Angeles, as was the plan to work in the arts administration field, otherwise known as orchestra management. And, you know, I had the perfect life and thought I would settle and grow old traveling or commuting back and forth between Leipzig, Germany and Los Angeles, the United States. And I kind of didn't like being settled. I got a panic attack every time I had to sign a contract that lasted longer than three months or so. So, you know, went through many, many downs and ups more downs than ups in Los Angeles and eventually decided to pick up and leave. And I went on a backpacking trip, which I thought would be a -a once-in-a-lifetime thing and experience, moved back to Germany, stayed there for COVID and have now been, you know, (laughs) traveling since the beginning of the year. So, you know, this once-in-a-lifetime experience has really turned into a, a lifestyle that I fully embrace and love being able to, you know combine the external and the internal journey and, of course, my life and my business on the road.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. A lot to unpack here because I think you touched upon a a few things that some people haven't experienced. One being finding your passion and knowing Mm. that that is your passion. Do you mind just kind of taking us through that intuitive understanding of what finding your passion meant for you and maybe giving the audience some indicators that they can look for when they come across things they like and it might help them understand that this is their passion they should pursue it more
1: absolutely i think passion in a a lot of ways is synonymous with purpose you know we weren't put on this planet earth to you, you know like for a purpose that we don't love Like we get to really be passionate and love the thing that we do and the thing that we have the most impact with. So I think of purpose and passion as being really synonymous. And now I'll talk a little bit about my own path and how I found my purpose and passion and indicators that I, you know, now in hindsight and in coaching my clients are becoming very evident to me. For me, my passion was always being on stage And, you know, that was the only thing that I knew I was really good at, really passionate about. And there was no future without the stage in my mind. And then, of course, that changed over time. And the way in which it changed was through mentors that gave me an opportunity to explore beyond the confines of the stage. Mentors that saw some sort of leadership in me and put me in leadership roles like being dance captain in Los Angeles at Disneyland or pulling the strings backstage back home in Germany. And over time, I kind of began to follow the path of joy. So that is what I would say is one really big indicator. Like if you love what you're doing and you could do it all day and you don't care that it's midnight or 3 a.m., then that's probably where your passion is. And that's probably also where you're having your greatest impact. Now, I'm not advocating for working in the middle of the night, but I am saying if you don't mind doing it once in a while, then that's probably where you're having your greatest impact and actually thriving. Now, the other thing, though, and the other big indicator is a little darker, and that is pain. That is trauma, trauma. setbacks that we have experienced in our past. And I think that that's really where, you know, the rubber hits the road so often. I mean, at the very least in my experience, both for myself and for many people in my community, we fear to look back upon these past traumas and see it might be a breakup. It might be your parents getting divorced. It might be a real nasty fight over custody. Um, I'm raising my hand for all three of those. Um, Like these things are painful and we don't want to have to go through them. We don't want to return to those memories. However, when we do and when we do heal and when we do acquire the tools of forgiveness and of compassion and of unconditional love, then there is so much in that past that we have lived through that can help us reveal the path forward so that's a tool of you know healing and forgiving and reframing and really enrolling the support needed to do that that i found can really just unravel so much of alignment and purpose and passion in our path as we you know continue to to walk down the path of life
0: can you go a little deeper on that last statement of you know seek searching in the pain to open up the path forward because that is something that I can't relate to in this, in the way that I think you're trying to describe it, but I can see that there's value in it. You know, like I look at the things that were painful in my past and then as I look forward, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely to avoid that that happened to me here. And then this, that happened to me at, at that point. And so I can see how it's, they're guiding lights things of trying to avoid to help keep you on your path towards passion and purpose. But it sounds like you were implying there might be some more depth and some more, um, something more enlightening in, in going into your past pain that could help you shine the light on your passion. Can you kind of elaborate on that?
1: Absolutely. And I actually love what you said about, you know, things that are happening, setbacks that are happening in our past, are happening as to keep us on our path of, of purpose and passion. And I absolutely agree with that. And what more I would say to that is that we always have a choice to lean into this, who am I? What am I here to do? What is my purpose? Or we can stay on the surface. And quite honestly, either path is fine, right? Like not everybody is here on this earth to do very deep spiritual and healing work in their life. And if you're ready to do that, if you're wanting to do that and look back, I found that every pain, trauma, setback, and again, you know, it sounds so severe, and it can be severe. It can be anything from, you know, parental trauma to sexual trauma, or something, you know, less severe, like, you know, a teenage age breakup, or, you know, any of those things, there are lessons within those situations. Like we get to really look back upon these situations and go, well, who was I in that moment? What was being said to me? What's the message here? What were the circumstances that I agreed to being in that led to that pain? And what can I take from that? Like, is there something in there that I can take on and share with my community? You know, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, if if you're working with people that are looking to you for advice, chances are that you can pass on so much wisdom, experience and perspective once you've done some sort of reconnecting with and reconciling with your own past.
0: I see. Absolutely. Now it's clear. I can see where you stand being a coach for individuals, trying to help them find their path and their passion through a, um, a nurturing sort of, I've been there before kind of I've experienced that and I can relate to you kind of mentor. That's very helpful for your type of work. Is there an example of somebody, for example, who is a, I don't know, like an architect, their passion is being an architect where, but they don't know how to like pursue that. Is there any reason for them to search in past pain or anything like that to help them find a way through <laughs> to being an architect?
1: <laughs> okay, so so typically when I when I approach this question with clients like what's your purpose? What do you want to do? Especially when people are at a crossroads or when people are saying, "Well, you know, I got the perfect doing resume. I've done all of the things that I was supposed to do in my career." And I'm just not happy. Like, I hate to admit this. I'm not sure it's politically correct to say this. That's a literal quote of someone I had a conversation with last week. But I'm not happy. I don't like the work that I do. You know, chances are that some sort of pain from the past will come up in conversation. But that's not typically where I go to first. What we do instead is we want to use the past and how you relate it to what we call highlights in your past as a way to reveal the path forward. So here's what I mean by that. You know, we all have a resume that highlights all of the accomplishments, all of the things that we've done in our lives, and to some extent, also our impact. Typically, we focus on numerical impact, like I've increased revenue by X percent, etc. What I'm after, though, is what were the highlights where you just felt amazing, like where you could have just done this all day long, where you were in your element, you felt as though you were in touch with your body in, you know, when people do have a spiritual context, I, I call this the authentic self was present And when people don't have a spiritual context, then I say, like, you were firing on all cylinders. And you know, those can be things like, you were babysitting. That can be, you know, for me, it's when I first had my baby brother in my hands who is 13 years younger, right? So I have a very maternal kind of relationship to my brother. Um, it can be standing on top of the mountain, someplace in Sri Lanka and just feeling really happy. It can be the culmination of a big production that you have spearheaded. So we go look for those highlights. And once we have like maybe 10 of those highlights just noted down, then we go for, well, what were you doing in that moment? How were you feeling in that moment? And what happened to others? What was other people's reaction inside and outside to you experiencing that highlight of your life? Really, we're looking for impact. And that might be that every time the architect, you know, completed some really immersive community focused event or project, the community was grateful. You would see a more diverse community coming together. You would see more Uh, community events being held on this courtyard that the architect had in mind and built, et cetera, right? And now it's like no longer I'm an architect. Now it's I bring communities together. I facilitate spaces for communities to X, Y, and Z. And now that's your impact statement. And now we have this beautiful reframe and we're looking at, great, well, where else in your life are you Bringing community together, and we can reframe the path forward having looked at the past.
0: No, that makes sense. And thank you for clarifying. Mm -hmm. The second thing that really stood out was you having strived for so long to make it to LA, which I can relate to because I've always strived to get back to Nicaragua or Mexico. It's been a goal. And then, but for you, you achieved your dream, you achieved your goals. And you found yourself in the perfect situation. The one that you had imagined a million times as a little girl. And then you alluded to finding a place in that that wasn't fulfilling. You had achieved it, but it wasn't what you wanted. And that's interesting because I don't think a lot of people want to ever get to experience that, <laughs> you know, setting a goal and then achieving it and having that moment. <laughs> and then to have the courage to say, wow, this isn't what I expected. And then move past it. I think I'd really like to go in depth on that. The finding it and then realizing it's not what you want. And then maybe the fear of leaving it, fear of telling your parents, the fear, of, you know, all the things that people go through in those moments that usually leave them not making a change and just sticking it out because everyone around them's only known them as that person who's striving for that goal. And that's too embarrassing not to say, like, I don't like this. Okay. So if you yeah. could kind of take us through. It's like the step-by-step process, the internal turmoil, like whatever you went through, just giving us a really clear picture of how that played out for you.
1: Absolutely. And what I'll say just to, you know, set the stage is that this was really a journey of being okay or getting to a place of being okay and without judgment over changing Being in a place without judgment over like having been on one course of life and then saying, you know what, I'm going to turn a sharp, I'm going to make a sharp left turn. And that's really the journey. And that was a tough journey. So here's where I was. I had gotten to Los Angeles, kind of by chance landed the job at the orchestra that I always wanted to work at. Uh... I, had, I was in a beautiful relationship. I had a cute little apartment, beautiful car, uh, which I had named Moana. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved living in Los Angeles. I loved being able to go up and, and take a hike and then spend the evening by the beach. And I just loved everything about Los Angeles. And I had picked up this part-time job working remotely for an internationally touring violinist as a social media and communications manager and you know like i went to yoga classes i went to the gym i had my avocado protein shake smoothie every morning my coffee my thermos like i had my shit together or so they thought (laughs) um i i kind of did everything right like i was excelling at my job jobs really plural And on the outside, I had my shit together, I I was living the perfect life, like people were looking up to me, people were looking to me for advice. And I just, you know, I always say I felt like a hologram. Like I felt like someone had projected me into this life. And I wasn't actually there, I felt empty on the inside, really. And as much as I was terrified of just spending time by myself and figuring out where that emptiness had come from. I did everything to not have time to myself, right? Like podcasts in the morning, network meeting at night, uh, I had a very rich and social life, you know, anything to not socialize with myself, but over time. And I think that that does happen to everyone. And we get to make that choice to tune in or out of that inner voice, that intuition that's always there. And that in these moments when we feel lost when we're just kind of like, well, I thought this would be fun, our intuition speaks to us. And over time, I began to, to really listen to that intuition. And that intuition was saying, this is not the right job for you this life is what you wanted, but it's actually not giving you what you desire. And that was traveling, that was having the freedom to go and see my family, you know, the continent and an ocean away when I wanted and needed to that was just living a life more on my terms and not, you know, outside of 8am and 8pm, really, because I worked in the arts and had a full time job, like nine to five was (laughs) not realistic. And I began to listen to that intuition, you know, I did begin to journal in that time, I did begin to just ask a bunch of questions, like, what are we here to do? Is this it? Like, am I supposed to just wait for retirement to, you know, check off the things on my bucket list and my answer was no like no even if I'm supposed to wait like I'm not gonna wait and then as life does life gave me a choice life made it really clear for me that I was at a crossroads and my boss's boss one day sat me down in the office and said, hey, your visa renewal is coming up and you've been doing brilliant work. We wanna do two things for you. We want to sponsor you. We wanna sponsor your visa for three years and we wanna give you a promotion. And I just hurt myself saying, you know what? I'm gonna need to think about this. I'll get back to you tomorrow. (laughs) And I went home, I cried, I looked at flights to Ho Chi Minh City, and I went in the next morning and, and handed him my two weeks notice. And I kid you not, this was something else guiding me. And I thought it would be anti, or is, no, actually I thought it would be climactic, like something would happen, something would explode. <laughs> when I did, and nothing, nothing exploded. Like life went on, the organization went about their ways. My boss kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, okay, put it in an email. And I came home that night and talked to my boyfriend that I would go on the solo backpacking trip. And I booked my flight. I'll pause here. There was more to it, but I'll pause here.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I have anxiety hearing this and I imagine there's probably some listeners out there who do as well. I think my anxiety comes from the fear of the, the boss Judging my decision as being wrong, Aww. like we're offering you all this. This is what we've known to be your dream. Now we're helping. Like we're doing you the favor, really. Like we're not only are we giving you this this extended visa opportunity, but we're also giving you more money. Like we're just putting the cherry on top of this gigantic dream you've had your whole life. So I physically got anxious in my stomach as I visualized you watching walking into the office and saying, "I'll have to think about it." And then I got more anxious when you decided to book the ticket to Vietnam and then tell your boyfriend this is going to be a solo trip <laughs> and you can't come. <laughs> so please continue.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you're interjecting here because the thing that you know I should probably talk about a little more and that's really important for the audience to hear is that th- there were two and a half factors that helped ease the anxiety that, believe me, I had. One was, thanks to the part-time job I had had for about a year, I actually had built up a financial safety cushion that that was going to keep me secure for a few months. The second thing was that I have always been a really good networker, and I knew that whatever happens, I have mentors that I could call up like just out of the blue, I had a very rich network that was at that point already international. In Germany, in England, and in the United States, I had people that I could call and say, hey, I've made this choice. I've made this choice for myself. And, you know, now I'm at this junction in my career and I'd like your support. Like, what can I do to help you help me? And those were two factors that really gave me a little bit of safety in making that decision. And then the, the, the two and a half, like the, the other half aspect to that was that I was completely burned out. And I just couldn't imagine myself being in this office, pursuing this life, working with bosses whose life I absolutely did not want to have for another hour. And that, like, that's also, you know, like, when you're at this point, and you're being offered something that's amazing, look around, do you want to live your colleague's life? And this is not a judgment on your colleague's life. It's just like, do you want to have that life? And for me, the answer was no. So, yeah, that's just kind of going into depth, like, of what was going on in my heart and my mind at that point, I didn't know how it would continue in that life. So I had to make a change. So I booked the flight. The hardest about all of this was actually telling my boyfriend. Um, Because I knew I needed that change of just traveling solo. And I knew that he, he, at no fault of his own, wasn't going to be a part of that chapter. That I really needed to go on this trip by myself to find myself. So That was not an easy conversation to have, for sure. But fast forward, I get to my layover in China. I remembered that I needed to book an accommodation for myself, so I hopped on whatever platform, booking.com, booked a hostel for when I would touch ground in Saigon in Ho Chi Minh City three hours later, and proceeded to not talk to anybody for 10 days, for the first time in my life. (laughs) and that filled up a lot of pages in my journal and I really got to experience just like how am I being when I'm just by myself and when there is nobody watching when I don't have to fear that people are judging me or ranking me or considering me for jobs want me to do dress speak be a certain way like who am I being when all of those people aren't looking at me And that's when I realized, huh, I really love helping people. I really do. And it was in Sri Lanka when I made a decision to move back to Germany. Initially, this was going to be for a year to, you know, handle some personal stuff, um, close this emotional gap that somehow had um, emerged between my mom and I and maybe also go and reconcile with my dad I can go more into that if you'd like and yeah it was in Germany when I started building my business which was initially founded upon this sentence like I help people so I put out the word hey I help people and I started producing a festival producing an in-person retreat in France uh before I knew it I was hired as interim executive director of a freelance orchestra I co-planned a conference for orchestra managers really focusing on what can we learn from our colleagues internationally when it comes to creating DEI diversity equity and inclusion initiatives here in Germany and you know at some point musicians started calling me up hey uh I have an idea, you know, business, you seem to be really amazing at helping people make shit happen. Can you coach me? I'm like, I don't know what coaching is, but sure, I'll do that. (laughs) And (laughs) Then I became very intentional about making my contracts and agreements with my clients so that I can travel. Like I was remembered of that terrible feeling of just being stuck in the office and feeling like I was wasting my life. And I became very intentional about not doing that again, but actually designing a life where I can live first and then have work be the natural extension of my life.
0: It's really cool, Dean. I think um, a lot of people, I hope, can see the power of intuition and trusting in the path that sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith and, and walk down it. One thing I would love to hear more about is the feeling that evolved in you from that leaving L.A. and your boyfriend and then coming to that place that you described early on in this conversation of knowing that you're in your zone of genius. Some people say in a flow state where it's like there's an internal knowing that say now you're back in Germany, but life as you know, it has fundamentally changed because you're doing and living every second in the way that you want. Like it's obviously, or some, sometimes it is a switch. It's literally like from one day you're this and the next day you're like, that's not me anymore. And I feel amazing. That's happened to me before. It's come and gone. Um, but if you could just take us through the experience that you went through emotionally to where you when you did land in Germany and you found yourself having your network now reaching out to you, did you feel overwhelmingly at peace or overjoyed or like, what was that like for you?
1: The short answer is no.
0: (laughs) Great. Let's go into that because see, like I'm hearing you saying like, and I found peace and love and understanding in myself and now I'm, you know, and it's like, so it wasn't, even though you know you're on the right path. Yeah. Can we talk in depth about that and what that means to you?
1: Absolutely. And thank you for the question because again, We think that we make one major change in our lives, and then suddenly there is this climax, right? Like I was saying before, like, I thought something would explode. And here, too, like, I guess I didn't anymore at that time. But when you're listening to that story, you might think, oh, like, and then suddenly she woke up, transformed, and... You know, it's like, well, and suddenly Estella died and Cruella came out. If you've seen that beautiful Disney movie with Emma Stone. And that's not how it happens. That's just not how it happens. There is a real emotional hangover that I've found occurs for most of us once we've made a big change or made a big decision in our lives. It's like you wake up the next morning, you're like, what happened last night? am I still here? Am I still safe? Is this okay? What choices did I make that I shouldn't have made? (laughs) Like you begin to question yourself, you begin to play that game of, well, what would my life look like right now had I not walked away? Um, You know, for me, of course, there was also pain relating to a breakup that I was going through at the time. And recovering from being a really big workaholic. And, you know, any sort of grief, any sort of recovery, physical or emotional or mental is not a walk in the park. Like it requires some real introspection, some real work. Um, I actually ended up after not that long of Having moved back to Germany, I ended up hiring a therapist and then shortly after that, my first coach, because, you know, in basically what I did was I, I was living this very loud, noisy, busy, sociable life in Los Angeles. I literally took myself out of that, went to Vietnam and other countries in Southeast Asia, and that was fine. And then I came to Germany and I kind of crashed because now that the external voices weren't there, some internal voices wanted to be heard. Like, hey, what about your dad? Like, I miss my dad. Like, hey, I want to have this conversation with my mom. Oh, I want to go and meet my sisters. Oh, and there is this trauma that happened in college. And then there is the breakup and this and that. And it just became very overwhelming. So I handled that by enrolling support. And I want to send this message out loud and clear. We don't have to do that by ourselves, right? And if therapy or coaching is not an option for you right now for financial reasons, there are books out there, there are podcasts, there are tons of complimentary resources out there that are really high quality that can really help you along. So look for support and support will come into your life. Now, all this time, I knew that I was doing the right thing. And I can't quite put my finger on it. It was intuition for me. Like, I knew that now I actually took control of my life. I felt like I was back in the driver's seat. Even making that call to a therapist's office, like I was driving that car. And then looking at oh, I've been offered this ED position. Like, do I want this? Does this... And here I started to ask myself some really interesting questions. Like, does this fit in with the life that I want to live? Is this taking away from the life that I want to live? And if so, am I willing to make that sacrifice? What's the boundary that I need to put in place here? Um, Yeah, so, so the best way I can describe it is that I really began to... Not just live a life, but design a life at that moment in time.
0: And where you are now in Bali, Ubud, after how many years has this now transpired from leaving L.A. Um, to where you sit now?
1: About three and a half years.
0: Would you say you're through the thick of the emotional turmoil and come to a more stable, say, internal homeostasis or... Do you still have the ups and downs that, I mean, I guess we always do as entrepreneurs and just humans in general?
1: And I love that you say this, the ups and downs that I guess we all do and we all experience. Yeah, I still have ups and downs. I still lay awake at night crying over, you know, something. And the biggest, biggest change for me is that now I have tools. Now I no longer have to rely on vices, you know, work, partying, this, that, the other, to cope. Now I can say, wait a minute, you're numbing out. You're using work to not think about this thing that you should be thinking about and processing. And now I have tools, whether that is to call up my coach, whether that is to walk myself through prompts and journal on them myself, um, or meditate, like that's a big, big, big practice of mine, I meditate every day, I ask for support, I ask for help, I ask the questions that I'm grappling with. So that's a big change that has come about starting about three or four years ago, it's like, hey, like, I don't have the tools, let's go and find those tools. And that makes a down or a setback in my life really and truly, however painful it might be, right? Like, we're not, none of us are immune to, to pain and shit happening in our life, to a client not coming through, to, like, you know, financial, entrepreneurial ups and downs. But now I can look at those things and go... All right. Thank you. I, I have another opportunity to grow.
0: Do you think that now that you are on your path, I guess one path that you feel more in control of, do you think that the ups and downs come in a way that are, I don't want to say easier to deal with, but because you're in a place that you want to be rather than a place that you have to be because you're going to a job that you hate, that dealing with these things is dealt with in a different way or is it all the same? It doesn't matter.
1: Oh, I love that question. And I would say it's not necessarily one over the other. Mm -hmm. I would say that the challenges I was going through in LA, I had to go through just as much as the challenges that are coming my way now. Okay. Okay. Like, had it not been, and I sincerely say this, had it not been for a boss who I'm pretty sure didn't know how to spell the, term, the word leadership, I would have probably stayed. And just imagine <laughs> my life, had I made that decision three and a half years ago, like I would now be, if they'll have me on my second three years of being sponsored on this visa, and who knows? Like, I might like the life, I might not. Like, there's no way of knowing, but I made a different choice and I made it given the circumstances at the time. And, you know, now a challenge comes my way. And again, I look at that, I look for the lesson, I look for the message, and again, I, I make a decision. And that's really what life is about. Like, every day we get to make a decision to take a right or a left turn. And for so long as we, You said something earlier about, like, you would have been terrified of the boss's reaction. Like, hey, like, we're giving you heaven and you walk away. It wasn't my heaven. Like, it might be heaven in their point of view or in my mom's point of view, my friend's point of view, but not for me. So for so long as you take a right or a left turn in life for yourself, again, like, following that path of joy. And believe me, It's hard. Because you're gonna upset people that way, it's a departure from pleasing people. I think you're gonna be just fine. I think we're all just we're all going to be just fine if we take that turn for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I'd like to tie this together with something that's going on in my life because mm-hmm. I'm at a crossroad, and a lot of my listeners know I'm always, you know, coming back to California. Um, My friends have always been and found it so supportive, giving me work, giving me shelter, giving me help. Um, But I'm always stacking money and trying to get back out there, develop my entrepreneurial skills online and sustain my life out there. And again, I have set a goal. I'm moving to Mexico. Jan one. I voice it to everybody. Friends, family. Jan one. I'm done. I'm moving to Mexico. You know, you you say it loud. You say it proud. You do it. Um. And one thing you said is when you make that choice, life gives you something. And it for me, it gives me a test because when I make that decision, I always feel like life's going to say like, okay, if you really want this, then I'm going to put something in front of you that's going to challenge your decision. And that challenge came recently with my boss giving me an opportunity that is really good to stick around financially. Speaking.
1: Oh, my gosh and and how do you how do you relate to that
0: well here's what you just said that i wanted to bring this in the fold because it's not my heaven you know this Mm. money thing that a lot of people i'm surrounded by are are motivated by which keeps them and maybe jobs they dislike but the payoff's good enough for them they're they're okay with that and that's great but like i Mm. i don't get motivated by money it's not something that you can throw in front of me that makes me want to do something I don't want to do. Because as you said, it's not my heaven, but I'm also in a financial situation that it's like, fuck, if I had stuck around for six more months, you know, and yeah. slogged through this thing, I, with all my heart do not want to do then maybe, you know, but I, now this, so this is the inner turmoil I'm trying to like convey to you in the audience. Like, I think at every step of the way, at every big moment of change, there will be something put in front of you that's going to test your decision to stick around or stay in that situation that you don't want to be in. And then if you choose to go your way and not stick around, as you as you noted, you're going to have an emotional hangover that's going to question that decision. And you're, that could last for a long time. I don't know how you are, but like the way I'm wired, like... I'll have an obsessive thought for time, years over a decision I made, you know? So yeah. I think what I'm trying to say is that we're all different. We're all going to face these challenges in a different way. But I would say that there's probably a similar thing that occurs with every person in a way that just lasts different lengths of time.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, what I would just say to that is, isn't it great that life challenges you? <laughs> Right. Like you get to really examine, well, if I go through with that decision of going to Mexico, how am I going to feel in 10 days in in 10 weeks and 10 months and 10 years versus if I stay and take this opportunity? How am I going to feel then in 10 years time from now? And what I would say is that something I used to believe and I think that particularly Western society is very good at making us believe that is there is something called once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. And I just don't think that that's true. Like, this is one opportunity now. And I, I agree, I think it's really a life challenging you to look at, is this the path that you're committing yourself to? And if the answer is yes, then life, the universe, God, your friends, will conspire in your favor and will continue to support you and if it's not and you say well actually i love this opportunity i'm gonna go for that again support is going to rally around you and if you make the choice that you wish you hadn't made great so you make another choice and another choice and another choice
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you can always come back Or you can always make a different choice. And like you said, there will be another once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that will be presented in your path at some point. So you sit in Ubud, Bali right now. What is your daily like? What do you do on a daily?
1: Uh, uh, It really depends because I have a lot of clients on the East and the Pacific coast. So my days are kind of burning the candle on both sides. Because, you know, like right now it's what, like 5 or 6 p.m. in California, it's 8 or 9 a.m. here in the morning. And then at 8 p.m. tonight, it's going to be Eastern time, 8 a.m. So uh, I have like a very split kind of day these days. I work in the morning on calls and then I get admin done. I I also work as a business nurturer, which is basically being the second in command to another online consultant and coach and taking her vision and turning it into strategy and just making that beautiful vision happen and enabling it. So I work on that during the day. And then at night, I have calls. Now, what I'm very conscious of doing is either I have calls in the morning and no calls at night or I have calls at night and no calls in the morning because I'm my own boss. I get to make my schedule. So it's something I, of course, have to continually remind myself of. That I don't have to work overwork myself because I'm a better coach, I'm a business better business nurturer, I'm a better human when I get sleep and don't overwork myself and get to go outside, get to go to the beach, get to go to Gilly Air, get to just experience this beautiful island because there's so much inspiration on this island. I meditate every day, I do yoga every day. I really seek out the spiritual support that particularly Ubud has to offer. That's a big reason why I've come here. So, I make space for that. Again, I I live life first and then work is the natural extension of that.
0: Lifestyle design, I love it. Yes. <laughs> and as we talk pre-show, you know with I mean, you are busy, you do have to like make these calls based on time zones and stuff like that, which has motivated you to start directing your business into different online assets such as courses and so forth and so on. And you have some free links for the audience, is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, life offers lessons to me and then I get to pass on those lessons. And one of the biggest lessons that these last four years have really helped me understand is the lesson of just having a doing resume isn't going to work. But who do I want to be? Like, how do I want to relate to myself again? Like, what's the life I want to design? And then how can I fold work into that? Because I'm a better worker. I do a better job when I first choose who do I want to be in this life. Mm -hmm. And in collaboration with the Maps Institute which is an online magazine and publisher map standing for mindfulness awareness purpose and surrender i've created a resource that takes you through the steps to really turn that framework upside down and turn that you know being a human doing into becoming a human being again so it's a free e- uh, a free ebook called going from doing to being, designing your unique future. And um, I'm sure we'll put the link to it in the show notes.
0: Absolutely. And then just so the audience can get an idea of like if they were seeking your services, what could they expect from you as you do what you do in your zone of genius?
1: Yeah. Compassionate kindness, German bluntness, and international sass.
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome
1: so i i do go really deep when i work with my clients we look at where do you want to get to why is that important to you and then we go about removing the obstacles inside and outside yourself and turning those into opportunities and that typically looks like um, a six to 12 month intimate private coaching container And if if you're curious about it, reach out to me. I'm happy to do a complimentary call and see if this is a fit or offer you recommendations. Again, I said earlier, like, seek out support. I'm happy to help you seek out support, the support that is the right match for you.
0: I like that. And, yeah, my question was going to be, have you ever had a client that you had to fire because you realized that they weren't really committed to achieving the goal that they claimed they wanted to achieve?
1: So there have been clients who I have not invited to continue working with me
0: mm-hmm.
1: because we just, you know, like in a good relationship, like in a friendship, grew apart. And the the coaching container was helpful for them at one point and then I saw an opportunity to recommend a more fitting opportunity or support after some time. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to happen. like you know, life is fluid in that sense. I have not yet had to fire a client. Colleagues of mine have. Um, And I definitely, what am I trying to say? Like, that's also why I don't just have somebody pay up front and then get on the first call, meeting a person for the first time saying, great, so we're going to be married for the next six months. That's why I look at, well, who are you? What's your goal? What have you done? Why is this not working? Why is this important to you? And then I sincerely look at, like, am I the right person to help you with that? And would you like to have help? And it's only if the answer to both of those questions is a resounding hell yes that we even talk about working together. And if the answer is no, again, then I know people. Let me put you in touch with somebody, right? Like, let me speak a recommendation.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to vet somebody and a responsible way as well. I mean, I think these types of conversations are tremendously inspiring to listeners, including myself. And you're just like, hell yeah, like I'm going to contact her right away and we're going to get started like ASAP. And then, you know the reality sets in that German bluntness sets in. You're just like, Oh (laughs) shit. Like she actually expects me to do that. Like by next Wednesday (laughs) or whatever it is, you know? Right. And then you got to really, you know, gut check, ask yourself, is this what I want? And for me, like I think I've got 50% of the equation down. Like I know what I want, but there definitely Mm -hmm. are blocks as I continue to try to find my path into the online entrepreneurship arena that hold me back you know for whatever reason that i just like haven't cracked the code on so
1: yeah absolutely and i think you're in good company with that like we can all accelerate the growth and the impact that we have in our lives by having a partner not somebody who does the job for us like no coach no person will be capable of doing the job for you But to have somebody holds up a mirror and says, let's go and look over there. There might be a blind spot here. And now let's look at that. That can really ease up the path and accelerate the path also.
0: Yeah, definitely. If you could speak to one listener right now and help them motivate to take that first step into the unknown, whether it's that first flight, that step into their boss's office to leave a job they don't want to be at, whatever it may be, what would you say to encourage them?
1: Yeah, I would say have the courage to listen to yourself. Have the courage to really listen to your intuition and know that after this next decision you make, you're going to make the next decision and the next decision and the next decision.
0: And it's endless. You'll just always have to accept the fact that there will be another decision that will follow. It won't just be that first big one, The first big one will come and then there'll be another one when you land and say Vietnam. (laughs) There'll be another one and another one and another one. That makes sense. I like it. Dina Marie, thank you so much. Folks, check her out at Dina Marie, how do you say, Vinek?
1: Yes, it's spelled with a W, but it's pronounced like a V.
0: (laughs) So dinamarievinek.com. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you.
1: My very pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Awesome, Dina. Thank you so much for your time, folks. Definitely check out those links in the show notes. Get that free guide to helping you find your purpose, give you a direction. Dina was so generous in offering that to you guys, so definitely take advantage of that. And as she said, feel free to reach out to her. She'll do a free assessment with you to see if this is the right fit to continue working together. And I have no doubt for a lot of you listening out there, she would be a huge help. So thank you again for listening. I think you all are so very beautiful. Please remember, if you like this episode, share it with someone you care about. It really helps me get the message out there and hopefully help somebody who might be struggling finding their purpose in life. And stay tuned for next week's episode with Charlie Walker. You might have heard him on Joe Rogan. He was kind enough to come on Misfits and Rejects and share in more depth a bit more about his adventures and what he's learned from them. So I'll see you in next week's episode. Take care. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspire you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it's the perfect one for you